that you are everything in real life as you are in the podcast. Thank you for being exemplary. You are a, a voice uh, that's that's sound and balanced. And it seem, seems as if when I'm around you that um, I, my mindset and my focus and my motivation is nothing but healthy space and productive places. So thank you for allowing me to, to share these thoughts with you today. Thank you for making it so easy for Hello, everyone. Welcome to Align with Your Dharma for the next episode. I appreciate you for taking your time, whether you're um, walking, whether you're jogging, uh, walking your dog, or maybe working on a project and listening to the podcast, um, or maybe you're cooking. So I do appreciate from the bottom of my heart for all the support you are giving and uh, giving me feedback as well. Today, I have uh, my wonderful speaker today. He is a husband to Sarah for 15 years. He's a dad to one for five years. And uh, he's a graduate of Miami University as a registered nurse, which he practiced for 11 years, he says. He has um, 18 years in evangelism speaking and uh, 15 years building and selling three businesses, four years of founding and directing a local nonprofit organization. And his life quote is that he lives by is teach and be taught. So welcome, Mark. Thank you so much for taking time from your um, day away from your family on a weekend and spending time. I appreciate you. you. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. So just to get it started, I want to ask you, um, describe your journey. Um, what got you started? What brought you here to this space that now you are empowering other individuals? Um, just take us through the journey, if you can, please. Sure. Thank you for asking. You know, as a 19-year-old young man with a dead-end job and no direction, someone came into my life. They believed in me. They showed me opportunity and purpose. And within one year, I went from a dead-end job and no direction to a good job. I was back into college. I was involved in my church. I had healthy relationships around me. And the trajectory of my life just changed. The carpet began rolling itself out over the next 20 years, leading me to today. I'm thankful for all the professional opportunities I've had. But beyond that, the, the personal and relational opportunities People that invested in me, that were patient with me, were gracious to me, and they showed me an example of how to live uh, with integrity. And then hopefully now I'm at a place where I can continue to allow those voices to feed into me and so that I can better share that with others. So my life versus teach and be taught, influence in, influence out. And so as until the day we die, I want to continue to be influenced 
for the greater good and then to allow that influence to pour out of me. So it's a privilege and I'm thankful to be in the space that I'm in today and I hopefully continue to learn and, and to share that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, what is the greatest challenge that you have overcome and out of those uh, that challenge, what did you gain? Great question. You went deep early. <laughs> the deep, the greatest challenge that I've ever that I've ever dealt with was seeing myself as I really was. Huh. Kind of peeling off the mask, if you will. It's been uh, about 13 or 14 years ago. I went through some life struggle. I call, um, you, you've got life tuition and you've got paid tuition. I've got a lot of life tuition. And uh, I was going through some life tuition. And I absolutely came to the end of myself to the point that I was able to see myself as I really was and not only as I perceived myself to be. And that was horrifying in the beginning, but the most gratifying and exciting journey that I'm still on 13, 14 years later. Uh, what I'm learning from that is to better see those around me uh, for opportunities. Instead of seeing those around me as competitors or uh, challenge, I see those around me as opportunities for me to be uh, of influence to them and they to be of influence to me. And it's just opened this world of awareness and this world of possible impact uh, in or out. It's been a real game changer. And uh, I say that present today, as I would have said 14 years ago. So I'm thankful for that life tuition that still speaks loudly to me. Mm. Thank you for sharing. Um, I'm curious to know how you start your typical morning and what, you know, how do you see yourself your day? How do you start your day and how do you see yourself? Great question. So I, I try to articulate my week where everything's compartmentalized so that I don't neglect pieces uh, that are priority to me. So I try to, to put my life focus, uh, I call it the core four. I, I try to have God as my priority. So my, my day starts with, with prayer and some scripture reading. And then it, it focuses on my wife. My spouse is number two. I try to make sure her needs are taken care of and she's got what she needs for the day. Number three would be my child. Uh, I'll look into whatever his needs are for the moment, which changes, you know, he's almost five, so it changes by the minute. But, and then uh, lastly is everything else. So it starts with God, then my spouse, then my child, and everything else. And I've learned that if those things stay in their proper order, starting with the beginning of the day, they usually follow suit throughout the day and throughout the week. It keeps me aligned, it keeps me grounded. Otherwise, I can get myself in trouble real quickly. Hmm. So everything else includes community? Community, yes. Community, community, community. Yeah. Um, who inspires you? Or, or do you have mentors? Yeah, yes, I do. Um, I've got uh, several men that I strategically have in my life, and they know they're there for that reason. Um, a couple are there for relational, professional advice. And then I've, I've got another one or two that are there for kind of the all of, all of the above um, struggles, personal issues, questions about you know how to navigate forward. These are people with more life experience. They've got more gray hair and less hair than I have. And, and that means I need to be listening because they're wiser than I. 
So I take notes from them and I absorb and then I process and hopefully make some adjustments to my life. And then I share that to those that come to me the same way that I would go to them. Um, how do you define success? Has that definition of success changed over time, in your opinion? Success, uh, yes. Success, 20 years ago as a college student, success looked like obtaining, accumulating things and, and building yourself to a higher spotlight. 20 years later, uh, I see it so much different. To me, success is, is more about uh, relational opportunity. Success, I don't like, I'm careful to use the word success. Success to me isn't the accumulation of things. Success is the culmination of relationships around me. And so I've got some really good people that, that are really, um, they believe in me and they, they, they make me better. And to me, I feel like they allow me to be what you would call successful. And the reason I say successful is others then come to me and I can, I can be a resource to them. So if we're all reciprocating our, our learning pieces from others, that, that to me is being successful. We're all gaining and we're all teaching, we're all learning. So success in my mind has a different, a different uh, angle of approach, but that is it in my lens. Uh, that is great. I'm just curious because everybody's definition of success is different. So I wanted to hear what is your definition. So thank you. Thank you for that. Um, do you have a favorite quote or words that you live by? I know you said core four. That's your, you know, mm -hmm. that's what you follow. But do you have any other favorite quote or words that you live by? Yeah, that, thank you for asking. One of the other quotes that comes to my mind, um, I, I think of this one a lot, is understanding, I say this to myself and then I help others around me to, to have the same conversation pieces, understanding who I am, who I am not, then calling it what it is and what it isn't. Today's society, we're so afraid to, to not be honest with those around us, but we're, we're afraid to be honest with ourselves. And that internal battle often comes, uh, it will show itself externally throughout us. It'll come out in other anxieties, insecurities, insufficiencies. But if we can learn to own our positives, our negatives, the things where we're weak or need some strengthening, we can really allow ourselves the, the opportunity to grow. And that growth brings leverage to whatever space that we're in, whether it be in our household to be a better father or mother or to be a better professional in our work setting. So understanding who you are, who you're not, and what is working, what is not working. Calling it what it is and what it isn't. We're so afraid to what show any failure. We want to show everybody our social media life, that we have the perfect blinds, the perfect car in the driveway. Life is just beautiful. When in reality, Aruna, you can speak the same. You've got struggles in your life. I've got struggles in my life. And those that we seek advice from and those that we think are so wise that we look up to, they have the same. That doesn't mean we undervalue or underappreciate them, but it kind of levels the playing field to realize we've all got some room here for growth and improvement. And I want to be the first in line to say, I've got plenty of room for growth and improvement. My wife and my family that know me best will, will give you the litany of, of the results of that question. So, Yeah, <clears throat> uh, that is true though, because sometimes 
like you mentioned, we all have those moments of anxiety or moments of like fear or whatever it is, that feeling that comes up. If we just ignore it or suppress it, it's going to show up some other way or it will manifest, you know, the more we suppress, it will manifest in our body. So from what you're saying, what I am getting is acknowledging whatever we are feeling, whatever it is, you know, like you said, for what it is and what it is not, just understanding and acknowledging um, whatever feelings that come up or because we are all made up of, you know, different emotions. And <laughs> so acknowledging it will, will help us ultimately be wherever we want to go and whatever we want to accomplish, because the more we suppress, like, I don't want to deal with that feeling right now. This is how I'm feeling. Or this is what is happening around me, but I don't want to look at it right now and just suppressing it or ignoring it. It's not going to help. So understanding what it is and understanding who we are and who we are not, it definitely helps. Um, thank you. Thank you for um, um, saying it in a beautiful way, like Mark's way. <laughs> you, you use the word manifestation. In all of uh, every one of us, if we're honest with ourselves, whatever that dark, gloomy part of our day or our week is, that we have this moment of manifestation. Are we going to allow the positive, productive things in our lives to be what manifests out of us? Or are we going to allow ourselves to dwell in shame and trauma and things that maybe have happened in our prior life to, to allow us to stay in this place of, I'm unable, I cannot, I'm frail. And when we tell ourselves that and we manifest on those thoughts, it's debilitating. It, it, it paralyzes our ability to move forward and to grow in whatever spaces we're in. So I love that you use the word manifestation. I want manifestation within me to be appropriate transparency. You know what? Today I had a cruddy day. I was having some feelings and emotions related to an old setting that I went through that was traumatic. Man, it hurt. It was painful. It was tough. But man, I'm so glad I've got a great support source. I've got a God that loves me. I've got a good people around me. I've got food in my belly and a roof over my head. Let's pursue forward. Let's make tomorrow even better. And let's allow the manifestation of what comes out of us to be productivity and pursuance of a better opportunity from there instead of the woe is me, the victim mentality that we see so often today. Yes, yes, yes. Amen to that. Because when we provide the space for us, like you said, you know, understand who we are and who we are not, and just be in that space and no judgment about us or uh, the people around us or the situation around us or the environment, because we are who we are right now because of those people and because of those environment, because of those situations, right? And then just giving the space and providing the opportunity for us to feel those feelings without any judgment. Oh my goodness, I cannot feel that. You know, this is, I'm not supposed to feel that. The more we suppress it, the more it's going to show up in another form, wearing a different pair of shirt and a different pair of, you know, jeans. So <laughs> to me, su suppression, so, when we suppress those things, we push our, ourselves on our little island further away. Yep. We, become, we can become desolate for hope. You know, uh, if you look in, there's people much smarter than I that will tell you in psychology that the, there's, there's called the four horsemen. They're four devastating 
uh, psychological avenues that we can pursue. And the top two are avoidance and criticism. If we avoid those around us or we choose to cr criticize those around us, that's us pushing ourselves away from them to say, no, 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 I'm going to stay right here. And the more we isolate ourselves, the more we allow those little lies to repeat in our mind. And that manifestation we talked about earlier puts us on this island further and further away from resources that we need and that those yep. around us need from us. And, uh, and, and once we are, you know, we know where we are and who we are and who we are not. And if we are open, I mean, I'm sure it takes time, but at their own time, without any judgment, when we feel open to trust somebody and be vulnerable and say, hey, you know, this is what I'm going through. You know, Mark, would you be able to help me in this space? And of course, you're not going to ask everybody and anybody, but, you know, once you trust somebody and you, you are willing to be vulnerable and say, okay, this is what I'm going through, you know, any suggestions, it takes a lot of courage, but mm -hmm. again, you know, understanding who we are and who we are not and understanding the feelings and being in that space and holding that space for us and then asking that person who we trust for the help and them also holding the space without, like you said, without avoiding you, without criticizing you and giving you an honest feedback, like, okay, this, I, I hear you, I see you, I acknowledge you, and then providing you the feedback because that's all we, we all of our basic needs want to be seen, want to be heard, want to be acknowledged, you know, want to be appreciated. That's basic need for everybody. <laughs> that, that's completely right. You used the word uh, vulnerability and we said transparency. That only comes when the setting or the environment around us is safe. Not just physically, but emotionally, psychologically, we feel like what we have to say, our manner, from our mannerisms to our words, to our actions, it's gonna be safe. It's not gonna be avoided or criticized or shot down. It's gonna be welcomed, even if it may seem in our minds like, total left field. It might seem like it's way out there, but it's going to be absorbed and accepted. And so one of the things that I spend a lot of my time doing is I allow people to mentor me. I try to create a safe setting around me for them to be a voice of truth into me. I try to create the same also with those that I'm mentoring around me. If we can allow people to feel safe, to allow them to feel heard, they're usually going to allow you to go places that maybe perhaps others won't. And, and even if that's just a here and there thing that they'll experience with you or you for the, the person you're seeking advice from, if you go through the repetition and recreate that more repeatedly, it's proven that repetition is memory. Memory will create new avenues, new pursuance, and new opportunities that will open up more extended stays in a safe place. We'll create these safe places more frequently that we allow people to come visit with us by offering that space and, and taking those risks and being of courage, it allows us to say that I can instead of, I don't know if I should. Yes, that, that is true. Um, so this is a different, um, I'm going to take a little detour. Um, how do you unwind and what do you do to recharge yourself? 
Well, this is something I've had to learn through the years of my life. I've always had an extra gear for most people. Most people have a, a five-speed transmission. Mine's probably had six or seven speeds. So when you read my, my profile, uh, I'm just shy of 40. I've done a lot in my short life. My mentor tells me I'm 20 years older than I am. So what I'm going to tell you is from people that are wiser and older than I am to help me uh, slow down the process within and, and to take time to reflect and regenerate. So it starts to me with uh, having a relationship with God, having a relationship with those around us to speak wisdom and truth to us. Um, I do a lot of um, I do a lot of like deep breathing exercises, calisthenics. People don't realize the value in stretching. I don't play as many competitive sports because I'm I'm coming close to 40 and we know what happens. You start to get injured. So I stretch, take five to 10 minutes just to stretch whatever the tightest muscles are in your body. Stretch for a few minutes in the morning, a few minutes before bedtime, do some deep breathing exercises, turn off all external stimuli, TVs, cell phones, put your phone in a different room when you sleep at night. I have to leave my room, go to a different room in my house to get my phone. I try to, to not see my phone for about eight to 10 hours at the nighttime space. Just that alone, not having it in front of me to distract my mind allows me to go to the place where I can feel like I'm more than just the people reaching out to me or me reaching for, I can just be. Mm. Perhaps the greatest advice given me to, to me Aruna was by one of my mentors. He said, Mark, you are an unbelievable doer. If you do, 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 you're eventually going to run into struggles. You've got to learn to be, be, be. Yes. Yes, that is so true. Thank you for saying that. It's just be, just be, right? That is so true. And when you said um, I, you, that you take deep breathing um, when you are stretching, you are just being with yourself, being with your breath, you know, just acknowledging whatever your body is, you know, telling you that that is beautiful. That is beautiful because sometimes you know, I mean, there is nothing wrong, you know, don't get me wrong, you can put on the music and stretch, there's nothing wrong with that. But like you said, the external stimuli, when you put on the music, you're going to stretch to that tone and that tune. But, you know, why don't we tune into ourselves, just stretch to this inside tune that is coming from inside, and just be present in holding the space. Yes, that is well said. It is so true. We talked a moment ago about creating safe space. If we don't take time by ourselves with no one else around, just the I inside of me, just the I inside of me is going to take a moment for myself to take a five or 10 minute vacation and say, I'm worth it. Yeah. I'm gonna do, everything else doesn't exist right now. Nothing, just me. The more we can create the safe space just for that I within me, the more we're going to be healthy to create safe spaces for others to come in and out of that space to allow us to be a resource and to be of resource. That's beautiful. I haven't heard that version. I within me. Yes. Um, I agree with you because um, I heard somebody say during the um, five days in the week, um, five working days in the week, um, somebody said two days or no, 
he I don't think they mentioned five days. I think they said in the seven days in the week, three days, you are spending time uh, with your partner, three days, right? And then um, one day with your partner's friends, and then one day with your friends, and then the rest of the two days, uh, rest of the two days with the community, like either with both of your friends or you know you are participating with the community. But then, no, I then then one day with the community, one day with yourself. That's what it is. Three days with your partner, and then one day with your partner's friends, significant other's friends. And then one day with your friends and one day for the community, one day just with yourself. Mm. So that goes to what you are saying, I within me. So spending time with ourselves, understanding what is triggering, what is not triggering, what you are triggered by, all of that, right? Acknowledging all of that. Yes. Um, so let me ask you this. Um, since you said you have had so many businesses and you had a successful business and you sold them as well, what is what did you learn about your business this year that will help you improve it next year? All right. This is when the humble pie comes in. Humble pie is necessary, and I'm going to be relevant to say this, but I learned this past year that when you have good people around you and if you really are doing well, you should have, you should, I don't like to use the word, the phrase should, but you should have people to some capacity that are beyond you or above you to make us better and to sharpen us. But when you have that capacity, we need to be taking more notes. We need to be listening more. And I've learned this past year that I've had some really high level people around me. And there's been a few instances where I thought, no, I, I, I kind of know where I'm going with this. And I kind of went my own direction when had I really leaned into them a little more, not just allow them in my space, not just listen to them, but really heard them and processed that I could have saved myself 15 or 20 percent learning curve um, of, of some struggle and opposition that came my way. Had I been a better listener and then pursuing the process of what they were saying. So I guess my point is, is is better understanding to utilize those around you that want to be there for a resource to you, allow them to be a resource to you and then take them serious when they speak. Hmm. Hmm. What is the best business advice that, they have, that you have received so far? The business, best business advice that I have received, I would say is, is part of this was said to me and part of this was experienced is allowing those around me to better platform their skills, their ideas, their thoughts. If someone's got 50% capability as I do, but they've got upward momentum in the right direction, you just keep that carrot in front of them. Keep them hungry, keep them moving forward, keep them motivated. They'll go on to be as good or better than anything I could ever be. Just keep them motivated, keep them excited. What is the worst business advice? <laughs> take it yourself take it on yourself yeah you don't need anybody else I've had some some people in my world that have been way more successful by the world's view than I 
but they were kind of lone rangers. Uh, they would take opposition. They would deal with everything themselves. They would burn bridges along the way, but their personality and their, their mentality was so strong, they always found a way to recover. So if, if they were to look back, there's just burnt bridge after burnt bridge after burnt bridge, even though they had the quote unquote success in their business, they burned a lot of relational opportunity through the way. It's beautifully said. Um, do you have any regrets at all? Wow, how much time do you have, Aruna? <laughs> yes, I'm gonna answer your question with kind of just giving you just some life circumstance. We talked earlier about life tuition. Um, if you said regret, I had some, I call them two by fours to the head, figurative two by fours, just it hurts. You go through these situations, circumstances, and you kind of feel like you've been hit over the head with a two by four. So I would say in those experiences, personally, professionally, relationally, ministry-wise, in about every capacity, I've taken a two by four to the head. And that's not woe is me. That's not saying, oh man, it's, it's so hard to be me. It's, it's saying, I probably could have done some things better. I could have pursued some avenues a little differently. I could have listened to people a little more intently. But what, what I have learned to gain is the greatest tragedy in our lives is often the largest planting of seeds for opportunity to flourish, to take us to healthy places. So that even though I can say, yes, I've got some healthy regrets and, and hopefully as I age and gain wisdom from these people that glean into me, these two by fours become smaller and smaller and less and less. But as these oppositions come my way or as I go through these learning curves, don't just give them the finger and say, oh, you guys don't understand. Welcome that man, welcome that opportunity, welcome the pain. This hurts, this is not fun. I don't want to do this again. Who can I bring into my circle to keep me from going here again, to keep me accountable, to give me advice, to mentor me so that I don't have to feel this again. And perhaps, perhaps I can help someone avoid the same pain of what I just went through. So what I'm hearing is the two by fours that you have had gave you the opportunity to learn from that and look at those challenges in a way where what is this, why is this challenging? Why is this hurting me? What is this challenge trying to teach me? Is that how you look at it? That's exactly it. Uh, I spent the first 25 years, 23 to 25 years of my life, something would come across my path that would cause me to stumble or fall. And I had somebody to blame or something to blame. Maybe not, maybe I didn't show that to those around me, but internally I thought it's their fault. It's their problem. Mm. Instead of saying, okay, they were part of the problem. If they wouldn't have done this and this, but on the other side, man, had I, had I responded this way or had I been a little more thought provoking in this direction, then it brings opportunity for you to learn. And if others feel welcome to learn with you, you, you just not only build a relationship, but you're growing closer together. And that really is exemplatory of leadership. And I was in a lot of, I've been in a lot of leadership roles. But as I grow older, I realize that leadership isn't having all the answers. Leadership is calling it what it is. I'm going through a muddy time right now. And here's what caused it. And here's how much of a piece of that, that I am to that. Hmm. Leadership is calling it for what it is. Hmm. 
you know, I grew up in the, the era of if you went to a teacher, if you went to a pastor, it was kind of come to me there. You know, I, I felt this growing up. Come to me, little grasshopper. I have all the answers. That's what I felt. Whereas I didn't feel safe in those spaces because I felt like I can't tell them my insecurities. I can't tell them my life blemishes because they seemingly have it all together and they're going to look down to me. But what if they had said, you know, Mark, you just shared your struggles. I've actually got some similar ones. I'm 20 years farther down the road. They might not be as amplified as yours because I've been able to learn, but I can relate to you because I still run into that struggle sometimes. And I'm sorry you're dealing with that. Is there a way that I can be a resource to you? The dialogue completely changes. They suddenly become this safe space we spoke about. You suddenly feel okay to be appropriately transparent or vulnerable. And then the things you expel from your mind and your mouth then allow them to be the same back to you to offer resource. Yep. And hopefully we can reciprocate that and the process keeps spinning forward. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's beautifully stated. Yes. Um, what is one achievement that you are extremely proud of? One achievement I'm extremely proud of. I'll give you a tangible and an intangible. Tangibly, I'm from a, I love my family, my heritage, very very proud of my family. Great, great family heritage. Um, I was the first male in my family to get a college degree. So that meant a lot to me to, to put that cap on and to walk that day. That meant a lot to me. Perhaps it's just a piece of paper, but just to know that I, I turned, I was allowed, I allowed influence from God and others in my life to say, hey, there's a different road for you personally. And I changed my path and it led me to, to get some education that's really been influential for my life. So that's a tangible. The intangible, I would say, thing that I am uh, most proud of is that 13 or 14 years ago, hitting the brakes really hard, running into that wall, bruised, banged up, broken in many ways. But I took on the attitude of I'm, I'm either done and this is over or I'm gonna make this the greatest opportunity life could ever give me. I'm gonna soak it up. I'm gonna chew on it, listen to it, smell it. I'm going to taste this in every capacity as bad as it hurts and it's gonna change my life and I'm gonna help change others' lives through the process. Wow, that's so powerful. People who are listening, I'm sure they'll be inspired by what you mentioned. You know, it, it hit home. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. Um, it takes a, it takes a lot of courage, and um, at the same time, accepting you know where we are. Like you said, uh, you know, seeing, <clears throat> understanding who we are and who we are not, and what it is and what it is not. You are you are walking the walk, <laughs> and yeah. Thank you. Thank you sir, for sharing that. Um, what is next for you, Mark? That's a great question. When you say what is next for me, in what capacity do you ask so that I answer you appropriately? What are you looking at? Like, you know, business wise, you know, um, how do you want to, you said you want to, you want to um, change things and you want to make an impact. So what is next? How do you want to make an impact? I'm going to put this in a nutshell. I get passionate when you ask questions like this. So I'll make sure to, to harbor my passion. I spent a lot of my life in business and professional spaces, building things, selling things. And that was fun and it had its place. We live simple, we live frugal 
and we we were able to get to this place called debt free and it's fun and exciting by no means are we wealthy or rich at all but we don't have this debt with a leash around our neck so it's given my wife and i some freedom to say what do we really want to do with our time so i start i'm i'm budgeting my time and my energy as much or more than I'm budgeting my money and my finances. So what we have done is we have been pursuing with the help of God in prayer, uh, an avenue to serve others around us in the greatest resource that we can. So I'm currently, my greatest endeavor at this point is I, I do some consulting with businesses and, and uh, organizations around me, but my greatest endeavor that I'm a part of right now is uh, I'm a part of some adventure and a church there's a venture in a church that I help out with. And then there's a mentoring operation that I help. And mentoring is close to my heart because someone came to me at 19 and they saw the little weed in the crack that I was. They dug me up. They took me to healthy soil and they, they allowed me to regenerate healthy growth. And I want to be that same glimpse of hope to those that I have the capacity to reach. So we spend a lot of time, my wife and I, serving in the community, mentoring, giving of ourselves in that space. And then selfishly through that, I think I'm growing more than the people I'm helping. Wow. Yeah, <clears throat> that, that's what life teaches us, right? Yeah. When you, when you help somebody, you know, lift up, you know, give a hand and lift them up, it, it, it not only humbles you, but it helps you grow too and understand who we are more deeply mm -hmm. it's just you know we we have to take the time to lend a hand you know it's not it's not below us but like you said you know somebody somebody saw that potential in you and they gave you that opportunity and saw that in you and helped you grow so <clears throat> i hear you that's how i feel that's how i feel Thank you. Um, what is your favorite, if you have to say one favorite business tool, resource, app, whatever it is, what is one? If I had one tool beyond my personal endeavor of the word of God, my greatest tool would be a resource of, I listen to, I like listening to uh, reading books and listening to material. I listen to a lot of podcasts. There are, um, there are several gentlemen I listen to, but perhaps my greatest resource is Craig Groeschel. I listen to a lot of Craig Groeschel. He's a leadership specialist. And he's got hundreds of episodes of podcasting and he's just very easy to listen to. Things just roll right off his tongue and they're engaging. They are challenging. They make me wanna go out and uh, sharpen myself. To, to be better, to help others in their growth. So Craig Rochelle would be my number one. How do you spell the last name? G-R-O-E-S-H-E-L, I believe. If you start that in Google, it will finish it. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> okay. Um, how do you stay motivated? Say that again. How do you stay motivated? How do I stay motivated? Well, I'm naturally a protagonist. I'm naturally a cheerleader type mind, high energy and passionate about life. That's my natural space. But my motivation is, is keeping myself 
M-E-P-S, mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, as balanced as I can be. Understanding my triggers, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and then combating that with appropriate therapies to keep myself level. To keep yourself level, okay. Mm -hmm. mm, combating the, M-E-P-S, mm. how nice, okay. Is that created by you? Yeah, I've got a very, I'm, my mind's always coming up with concepts. I grew up fishing and there's a, a fishing lure, it's called a MEPS spinner little side trail it's called a MEP spinner M-E-P-S and you, you cast it out and you reel it in it's a spinner uh, lure a little lure and I've got lots of fish on it but I, I was thinking in my office one day of, of how I can better connect with people in, in public speaking opportunities that I do a lot of and that came to me if I'm going to throw that lure out to try and hook someone's interest I've got to be able to connect with them mentally emotionally physically and or spiritually so if I'm not in a healthy spot in those places myself, it's going to be harder for me to connect and throw out my MEPS lure to those that are seeking to be more level themselves. Beautiful. Okay. Um, <clears throat> let me ask you this. If, if for the people around you who knows you, how would they describe you in one word as Mark? If I put it in one word, I think the word relentless comes to mind. What is it? Relentless. Ah. My mentor calls me a war rat. War rats found ways to survive. They found ways to to move forward. I took that as a real compliment when he said that to me. He said, Mark, you'll, you, you find a way to get through, you find a way to make it, even if it hurts, you find a way to keep pressing forward. And that's not me patting myself on the back. That was a mentor that saw me in a struggle saying, I wanna be better. Do you have any, anything that you are fearful of? This world doesn't have a whole lot that fears me. My fear is, uh, is, and my insecurity is often the things that we allow to come in and to, to speak volume to us that are lies. I think we all at some point allow our shame to come in and to, to speak to us. And, and so I allow, sometimes I'm a human being, sometimes I allow my shame to speak louder than it should. And that causes fear within me. I don't live in that place, but there are times where I, I, I catch myself in that place and it starts to, to pollute the portrait of, of what I'm painting moving forward. I have to quickly shut that down. So full transparency, my shame at times will cause the greatest fear within me if mm. I allow it space, which I try so hard not to. Yeah. Any question that you think I should have asked that you wish I had asked that I missed? I think you did a beautiful job. If I had to, I, I don't want to say, I'm going to add this just if you were to add one more question. If you were to ask me what my greatest life endeavor would be, that core four I spoke about earlier, God, wife, uh, God, spouse, children, everything else, that, that comes through first understanding these four concepts briefly. I would like for people to ask why, why do I exist? 
Why am I here? Why am I taking space on this earth? And, and take that on as a life endeavor that will bring you purpose. Your purpose will bring you value and your value begs to be seen and begs to be shared. That's how you align with yourself with your dharma, I'm assuming, your core four. You got it. Wow. That's a beautiful way to wrap it up. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing the time and sharing your knowledge. And there's so many golden nuggets that you shared. I appreciate you, Mark. Thank you for your time, Arina. And stay aligned with your dharma. And I'm hoping my listeners would enjoy talking and listening to your um, speech as well. Runa, I want to tell your listeners that you are everything in real life as you are in the podcast. Thank you for being exemplary. You are a, a voice uh, that's that's sound and balanced. And I seem seems as if when I'm around you that um, I, my mindset and my focus, and my motivation is nothing but healthy space and productive places. So thank you for allowing me to to share these thoughts with you today. Thank you for making it so easy for me to to do this. I appreciate you. Thank you for being honest and authentic. <laughs>